Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Dan, it is December. It is, it's Dan December. Is that a mm-hmm. thing? Um, you guys celebrate? No, that our month is January. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. January. Dan- oh, okay. That it's makes coming. more sense. It's coming. But this, this is uh, Sweet 16, episode Sweet 16. Sweet 16, yeah. And it's going to be a December... It's going to be a December to remember. Or forget. Yeah, maybe not the, in the way we would like to remember it, but we're going to remember it because some stuff went down in the college football world this weekend. That Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've said a lot by saying a little mm-hmm. right there. Holy cow. Um, but Dan, you know, we're, we're glad you, you seem to be doing well. I'm, I'm well. I think I'm over the hump with my sickness. I'm pretty nice. much back to normal. Um, got back in the gym. No big deal. Not trying to brag, you know, just subtle brag, just (laughs) a little little bit, not Um, too much, but just enough, just enough. It's okay. I've, I've been able to escape the confines of the, the basement I've been living in. That's been nice. There you go. Got out, see the world. That's a good, it's a great big world we live in. Right. You missed it a little bit. Missed it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you, you can take it for granted, I guess. But we're glad to have you back in full form or one hundred percent here, Dan. You're off the you're off the IR or the IL, depending on your sport. Off the IL. Yeah, because we have no baseball reigns. Um, yeah, we we don't have much to say now, but boy, by next week we might have some things to talk about. Winter meetings are happening this week, so potential we could see Shohei move. That'll be exciting. Um, yeah, so you're, you're back in the swing here, Dan. Um, anything exciting with your first weekend back? I went to this restaurant called the revolving sushi factory. Hmm. That sounds like it could be either really good, like, or really bad. It was great. Okay. It was, it's the future of restaurants. As far as I'm concerned, Mm. We, we sat down at a booth and next to your booth, is a conveyor belt that goes around the entire restaurant, snakes around and circles next to every table and booth that's in that restaurant. And it's just little bowls of covered bowls of sushi that you can just grab. Oh, and each okay. one's like three bucks and they just count how many like bowls you had at the end. And, or you could order a main dish for like five more dollars. Wait, so am I, am, am I getting this wrong? Is this like an all-you-can-eat buffet, but they take out the fact that you have to stand up and go get the food? Pretty much, yeah. Man. It was amazing. This I is where we are now. It's the future. Like, I'm just thinking, like, could you imagine Golden Corral, like, with <laughs> just a conveyor so, belt? You don't have to get up. I can promise you. you, I can promise you I was not thinking about Golden Corral at all in this. <laughs> no, yes, this cuisine it's, is very different, but... <clears throat> The concept, I'm like, if, if the sushi folks are doing it, everyone else is probably not far behind. Like, this is coming. It could be, yeah. But, Dan, speaking of weekends, um, I guess we should go ahead and, and, and rip this Band-Aid off and, and get the ball rolling here because, holy guacamole, because, you know, this is the lunch hour. Um, Got to have a food reference in there. This was out. This was insane. Um, you, you could not write a script like this. You couldn't. You really could. Well, 
Some I people mean, tried the, to. Some people tried to. I saw Kirk Herbstreet was talking about, he was like, what's going to happen if everybody wins except Georgia? And we were all just like, oh, that's not going to happen. That's it's, It'll work itself out. It's not going to happen. Well, it did. Here we, here we are. Yep, then it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. talked enough what ifs. Mm-hmm. And and then it and then it did happen. So um yikes. For the first time ever, it didn't work itself out. Like right. Every other time you we got the four and we were like, okay, you know what? That might ruffle some feathers out there in the country, but even the teams that got left out could probably understand this. No, this is the first one where it's like yeah, it did. It just didn't work itself out. Everything that was supposed to make this easy didn't happen and made it very yeah. difficult. That's it, why I was saying last week, I was like, even if Georgia loses, I think they're going to get in. That was on based on my notion that one or two of those teams in the mix was going to get beat, and they just didn't. No, no, they didn't. In It feels, this year in particular feels weird. It feels like there have not been as many upsets. Yeah, there have been some. There, there have definitely been some, and been some serious ones. But early, early in the season, yeah. <coughs> like when you're sitting there thinking, you know, someone's going to slip up, going to make a mistake, knock themselves out of contention. It just never really shook out that way, and that's why this turned out to be so tough because there's so many deserving teams that won football games like mm-hmm. you want to do. But we won't get too far into the weeds on on that just yet we'll 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 save that for later and talk a little bit about how we got here so let's just go ahead and get into it dan friday night pac 12 championship you've got washington and oregon and this did not play out the way i anticipated it i won't drag anyone down with me but it was a surprise to see the game at least start the way that it did Finished, yeah. Yes, the way it did, but especially the start. It was a dominant first twenty minutes of the game for Washington, and they did it with the run. They did it with some good passing. I, I saw a major mismatch between Washington's receivers and Oregon's DBs, and we can talk about that again later because I see that in the next matchup for Washington, but. They, they really did it all. Penix was very good. He wasn't great. He didn't have to be because they just ran the ball so well. Their Dylan offensive Johnson line. is so good. He is, man. And you know, you remember like kind of midway through the season when I was, I was saying, like, I need to see that gritty defensive effort. I need to see them pound the ball downhill. The second half of this game was that for me, where I fully saw it and believed it and was like, this team can do it all. They're not going to do it all super well. They're not going to do it all on the same night, but they can do it all to win games. Yeah. They have been accused of on this show, you know, playing with their food a little bit. Yeah. Messing around. But like even has been brought up the past couple weeks, this team knows how to win a football game Mm -hmm. when it matters, especially. They just like to make it interesting no matter who they're playing their defense smothered Oregon to start the game Dylan Johnson ran the ball almost 30 times and he was averaging over five yards a carry I mean that's that's crazy just unreal and I mean Penix did he 
control the game? No, but I mean, he threw for 320. He averaged 11.8 per attempt. When you're making yeah. big plays like that and you're running the ball that well, oh, and your defense is playing one of the best games of the year, yeah, you're going to win. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're you're going to make it very difficult on the other team, which mm-hmm. they did to Oregon. It's hard to say that Oregon played that bad. It's just Washington played better. Yeah, really, they didn't play a bad game. A no. few mistakes. Yeah, maybe offense was out of sync early, but th- they looked like the team we thought they were, and they still got mm-hmm. beat. Yeah, Washington heard all that talk and um, really used it. Um, I- I'm convinced. Not trying to get ahead too much, but now they're once again find themselves as the underdog in their matchup with Texas. I just think that that works for them and they're fine with it. You know, they're, they're going to go out and play their game and they haven't lost doing it yet. So, I mean, props to them. Uh, Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze, no more than 10 receptions for either of them, but a combined 233 yards uh, for those two guys. It's just insane, dude. Um, How about Dylan Johnson with the touchdown pass, too? I mean, just He's come doing on. it all. Come on. Swiss Army knife. I mean. Where's the Heisman campaign? I, I was about to say, like, <laughs> if, we, if well. we started the season in October, Dylan Johnson would have a nice claim to a Heisman seat this weekend. Sure. If Eli Drinkwitz can pound the drum for Cody Strader, then surely <laughs> we could hear him about Dylan Johnson. We'll come back to Eli. We'll yeah. come back to him. Drink is uh, having a field day. <laughs> yeah. Drink may be drinking a little too much. Yeah. Um, somebody needs to check on the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oregon uh, couldn't get that running game going. I mean, they had 124 yards, but 44 of those was on one run from Bo Nix. Yeah. He led the team because of that with 69 yards. But they only had 20 attempts. Now, of course, playing from behind the way they were, you're not going to be able to do that, uh, to continue to run the ball in that way. But maybe that was some of the struggle, is that they couldn't run their offense the way they have been. Because they're trying to play from behind, they couldn't establish that running game. So this was one game where there wasn't really a ton of controversy with the outcome. Uh, Maybe there would have been if Oregon won, but I think that their case was pretty pretty well cemented if they did. Mm-hmm. But Washington just took all the questions out of it and won their football game, and now they're in. Um, and some people even that are making a claim to if they should actually be number one in these rankings, and there's a legitimate argu- argument behind that. There definitely is. So they're in, and I feel like once you're in – there you go. Um, I mean, of course, then you're playing for matchups. Honestly, I think Washington is probably a little more thrilled that they're uh, where they are. They definitely are. Did you see that live <laughs> feed of Michigan? I sure did. Oh, boy. They um, don't have Alabama signs, obviously. They do not. <laughs> yeah, that was the one game he couldn't get tickets for. Yeah. So um, that was really interesting. Not exactly the mindset or mentality you want your guys having. Ahead no. of a college football playoff game. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, but props to Washington. Um, hate it for the Ducks. Uh, I've been fond of these guys in here, but this is still a uh, year two under Dan Lanning. Um, now Bo Nix is a, is a 
is a difference maker, but we'll see kind of where things go. Um, not today, but there are plenty of quarterbacks available in the transfer portal to be able to keep that machine moving. Yeah. So they'll have their time, but congrats to the Huskies. Moving along, though, into Saturday, the Big 12 championship. And Texas, they just took care of business. Um, this is a little bit of a little bit of what we touched on in, in the preview last week was Oklahoma State could have either made this a close game and won it in overtime or just got absolutely blown out. And it was the latter. Yeah. This Texas, was not close. Texas made their case very easily about how they think they should belong in based off what they did on the field and the week before against the not too bad Texas Tech team. I mean, they really finished strong. Ewers passed for 450, four touchdowns. He he was had almost 13 yards per attempt. A um, couple big runs from Robinson. He really broke one big long one for a touchdown. They just they just smothered Oklahoma State in every way. And yeah, there's honestly not much more to it than that. <laughs> they just they needed to have an effort like that to make their make their case ahead of Sunday, and they did it. Yeah, exactly. And if you're keeping Ollie Gordon down to 34 yards, that's an indication you executed your defensive game plan pretty well. Those those guys up front, uh, Tavondre Sweat. But yeah, so I mean, like you're talking about, Texas's defense took care of business. If Oklahoma State isn't able to get the running game going, I mean, Alan Bowman is is a serviceable <coughs> quarterback, but he's not going to be able to go out and just shoulder the entire load right now. So they scored 21 points, though. Props. I was on mute. Sorry. It's okay. Um, you would we'll, be we'll responsible. Yeah, they scored 21. One was kind of garbage time, I guess. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Oklahoma State, they they shouldn't have even really been in this anyway. Decent they team. just happy to be there. Yeah, they – Texas, Texas got the luxury of playing probably the worst opponent on this championship Saturday. Yeah, they definitely did. Well, I don't know. A game between Oklahoma State and Iowa would be pretty uh, less than thrilling. Yeah, that for sure. But either way, so they took care of business, didn't slip up. Um, it would have been interesting to see Oklahoma in this game again, but of course, you got to you got to win the game. You got to beat them in Bedlam to be mm -hmm. able to get there. So, alas, that result, though, we had in the Big 12 championship. So, Texas bringing home the title there in their final year in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Just a great way to send off. Let's go ahead, Dan. Um, let's just do it, you know. Let's talk about it. Do you want me to shoulder this this one and then you just kind of give your that oh. sounds absolutely marvelous so georgia and alabama saturday afternoon four o'clock it was the big one it was the one we were all ready for georgia good drive off the bat but it was almost like they couldn't pick a lane offensively it it was they ran the ball pretty well and then they got away from it for a couple drives. Like they were just really trying to force it to the air. And then they never reestablished the run. And at times it looked like they could, but they couldn't keep that going like super consistently. And I tell you what, man, Bama, they do it in a weird way. 
but they just got playmakers. They just like just go make plays like that weird shovel pass Milrow had towards the end oh of the game. Oh my gosh, made me sick. Looked I like mean, something Tebow would do. It's like they that's what they do though. They're just they're gonna find a way. And they were just a little bit better. Georgia was better at some things, Alabama was better at some things. But that statistic, if there is a statistic for it of just playmaker, Alabama just had the edge there. Um, there was also I, I'm interested to get your thoughts here. This game was very physical, almost too much. Um, there was a lot of things not called, mostly on Bama's side. I think I think the officials made it pretty clear they were just they were kind of let the players play, especially, you know through the air and it felt like Bama got the benefit. I just, I'm an objective third party. It felt like Bama got the benefit because they chose to play more physically. And there was just a couple of, there was a couple of pass interferences that did not get called that probably should have. Um, yeah. I mean, pass interferences and things down in the trenches. Um, yeah, definitely. There was quite a good bit of grabbing that exceeded, sort of that acceptable range of the numbers, you know, up underneath those shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was let go a little, which... The, ca- the catch, quote-unquote, before the half, too, was pretty... I don't know about that one. Well, and so, you know, that that's a close one. You're going to get the call on the field, and that's going to determine a lot of it. The only thing that got me, though, was then in the same respect, um, and now I'm blanking, I mean... I guess I'm already trying to put this game out of my memory. But there was a similar catch uh, going when, when Georgia was driving down there uh, towards the end of the game. And I want to say it was either Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, or Dylan Bell um, ha- had a catch that was similar in that did it slip up and hit the ground? Did he have possession and whatnot? But they like definitely went ahead and stopped play and reviewed it, you know, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, that's fine because then it was confirmed. We got a good look on replay and it's catch. Great. But it was less questionable than that particular one that you're mentioning right now. Mm-hmm. And there was not even an attempt to look at it. Honestly, yeah. if they did look at it, probably would have been that there's not enough conclusive video evidence to overturn it and they would have went with a call on the field. But like still, just kind of the courtesy, I guess, of looking and reviewing it to make sure they were just like, no, we're going to let it roll. And then similar play on our end, they were like, no, now we're going to do our diligence and and take a look. Um, so th- there was that. Most definitely, I mean, I'm not the... I, I, try to not be that fan ever that's like, it was the refs, the officiating was terrible, and that's why we lost. I'll never say that's why we lost. But it does uh, play a factor and is unfortunate, you know, when out of that physical play, Alabama only saw three penalties for 36 yards. Most of the game they were there with two penalties. And um, I would have thought that there would be more. Yeah, that's not... That's not been a trait of them for most of the year. They've been very highly penalized. And for them to almost come out and play more physically to the eye in this game, yet only have three penalties, that's a little bit of a head-scratcher. 
Yeah. Well, and then when you have two on Georgia, like one was um, one, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking it was this here, you know, being a face mask where it like wasn't actually gripped. It just kind of like his hand was on his helmet. And then yeah. another where he's, they called a horse collar. Well, you go back and look, he really had him by the shoulder pads. Didn't get inside the collar. You know, it's like, it's whatever, you know, I mean, people miss calls all the time, but it's when they start to pile up and it's piling up on one side when it's like, well, it would be great if that wasn't that way, but it's also not the reason that we lost. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, they, they, they played a physical game in a game that it was required. And I th- whether it be, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think the biggest turning point was the, towards the end of the first half, the missed field goal that mm-hmm. Bama went and scored a touchdown on. And then the fumble that turned into a field goal for Alabama in the third quarter. That's a, I mean, you're talking about a 13 point swing right there. That yeah. kind of, I probably cost the game for Georgia. I hate to say, well, I'll be, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but yeah, that was, that was the swing in momentum on a couple of occasions there towards the middle chunk of the game that kind of, it was just a hole Georgia couldn't climb out of. Unfortunately they tried. I mean, they really got the offense going there late. They found a groove. It was just a little bit too late and it was too big of a gap. Yeah. I mean, Georgia did what we've done all year in terms of go in at the half, make adjustments and come out and apply those. I mean, the the defense in the second half, I don't have all the numbers to kind of break it down by half, but in the third quarter especially, the, the defense was just lights out. I mean, there, there was nothing to be had. They came out and they held it. Even though I was a little hopeful about what the offense would do in this game, that's that's where it really came down to it, was that the offense just was not performing at the level necessary mm-hmm. to, to go out and win this game. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, again, similar to the officiating, I'm not going to say the injuries are why we lost. I almost hate to say it, but I think I agree with Gary Danielson in some respects where it was like, hey, let's let some other guys on the field. I mean, Brock Bowers is an electric playmaker, but if he's playing on one leg, then are you benefiting yeah. from having him on the field or are you hurting yourself? Because now you've got him out there not playing at his best. It was a weird thing to think that Brock Bowers was hurting Georgia because they kept trying to force it to him. They kept him on the field. Alabama was not buying the decoy premise. And why would you? They kept trying to force the ball to him. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I do agree with that. I, I know he's been your, the heart and soul of the team and, but yeah, they, they needed to try and find some other places to go and they just couldn't. Yeah, and same with Lad McConkey, you know. Yeah. I mean, you saw him limping around yes. and not being able to finish routes. And I love those guys. Like you said, heart and soul of this team. They've done a lot for the school. They have every right to be playing in this game. But when you've got guys like Arian Smith, who's going to be the fastest dude on the field when he steps out there. Who even had a big the, reception. Exactly. Like, you saw it, and it's like, let's just do that again. Yeah. I mean – Marcus Rosemey Jackson has been at this school for years and he's only proved that he's a, a good, reliable option to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominic Lovett in here. I mean, of course, we were missing Ra Ra Thomas, but 
Dylan Bell. Now he did, of course, have a huge trip up on that fumble that, as you mentioned, was a huge momentum shift and change the point of the game. But you know, show, give it to them a little bit. You know, share share the love a little bit more. Um, I I don't have the targets number, but I know that Brock led the team with five receptions, and then behind him was Ladd with three, and um, Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint with three. But Arian Smith, one reception for 51 yards. I mean... Heck of an average. Yeah. (laughs) Heck of an average, but get that man the ball some more. Dominic Lovett had two receptions. Dylan Bell had two receptions. I just... I don't know. It's it's tough because you know what those guys are capable of, but when they're hurt and they're not providing that same level, I mean, almost like Jalen Waddell in... I think it was the SEC championship game or it was a national championship game. I should know this, but when everybody was like, yeah, no, he's not playing like he he's, he's not playing, but he was just on the field. He was there almost like a decoy. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you have to account for him now and then you can distribute the ball to some of your other guys. So they both still made some great plays, but it was frustrating to not be able to see it happen with them at their full, uh, full ability. So it happens, yeah. you know. Everybody team gets everybody's injured at this point. Mm-hmm. You got to work around it. Next man up. So, yeah, um, it ended up with Bama just making some good plays on that last drive uh, to close the game out. Boy, howdy, Milrow almost fumbled one there, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but he was able to fall back on it. That felt like the that felt like just college football in general was on the loose for half a second. Uh, if that ball bounces a different way, ooh, ooh, that could have been that could have been interesting. But all in yeah. all, in the end, I mentioned it last week about I felt like this game was for the throne of college football. Unfortunately, I think Bama's still sitting there, and I think Saban for Saban to take this team and go twelve and one and win their conference. I mean, th- there already was no question. He is the greatest coach this sport has ever seen. He might be one of the best coaches, if not the best, that any sport has ever seen. Oh, I mean, undoubtedly. He, yeah, without question. It, it was just another confirmation of what this guy can do. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and, exactly. I mean, you, Isaiah Bond had a great game, but you just don't feel like this group of receivers is what Alabama has had the past few years mm-hmm. when you talk about guys like Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith yeah. and Jerry Judy and or the all those guys. Yeah, quarterback. I mean, Jalen Milrow <clears throat> has really come into his own, but he still only threw for 192 yards. Yeah. And if you ask me, I really thought that Georgia's game plan against him was working fairly well. They were making him step up into the pocket. They did get beat around the edge a few times when he was scrambling around. But I thought that they contained him about as as well as I could have hoped for. Alabama made maybe three or four plays offensively that that won this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three or four. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Georgia had the right sets. They just, I don't know. It had to be some sort of complimentary football, and the offense had to had to make some plays too. And it just they didn't make enough, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. No. It is only the third time this year where they've scored less than 30 points wow and the other games where they didn't score 30 were were not good ones south carolina and auburn so those were close games that georgia ultimately ended up winning but 
they had those playmakers to just, I mean, the Brock Bowers at the end of the Auburn game, that was it. It was just like, where's Brock? Throw him the ball. Yeah, that was the Brock Bowers game. That's exactly. <laughs> that was the offense, was throw it to Brock. Yeah. So if you can't do that and you end up in a close game like this where you just haven't scored the amount of points necessary, then that's where it is. But, yeah, hey, props to Alabama. They played their game. They avoided the very costly mistakes, and they're the SEC champs, and now they're in the playoff. So there you go. Well, two other games happened. Um, <laughs> last week we were pretty astonished by the spread in the Michigan and Iowa game there in the Big Ten Championship. It was about it was right on the money. Yeah, yeah, they covered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on the money. <laughs> I saw, I'm pretty sure, that there was like a, a country club offering a promotion that was like free drinks until Iowa scores. I saw that. It you was it was it like too? a it was it wasn't a top golf, but it was like a top golf. Yeah. And boy, I hope those fans got home safely. <laughs> yes. Hope they do. When I'm like, my question is, is the promotion still going? I mean Is the oh yeah. Like is this until Iowa gets in their bowl and scores? I mean, they did not score a single score. point. I mean if they score. They're half a football team, and we knew that. Um unfortunately, Florida State also kind of half of a football team right now in the other game. They won the game against a ranked team, mm-hmm. but on a neutral site, but it just raised a lot of questions, and that led us into what we saw on Sunday. So I guess we can tee it up now, um, getting into the reaction to what we now have in the top four. We're recording this on a Monday. It happened yesterday. We've got Michigan at number one. Washington at number two, Texas at three, Bama at four, and on the outside looking in, Florida State and Georgia. What were your, what did you think was going to happen Saturday night once all the results started coming in? Oh man, so there, there, there's two. So there's almost two sides. Um, the the emotional fan, Georgia fan was thinking what I would like to happen is is Michigan 1, Washington 2, Bama 3, Georgia 4. And then everybody, you know, is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, that was not likely to happen. Um, it was just that little glimmer of hope that I was looking for. Um, but realistically, yeah, you're thinking Michigan's there, Washington's there. The question is either take Florida State, or leave out the SEC. And we'll talk about it some more. I don't know that that was the only way to handle this. But it did look like with the way Texas won their game, they were probably going to get in. And then between Bama and Florida State, it, it it's just some things you have to face the hard truths and understand where we're going to be. Yeah. I don't know, Dan. What were what were you thinking? What was your top four looking like? I, for a split second, thought that they were going to do this. They were just going to look at Texas and Alabama and say, "You know what, guys? You you played yourself out. Texas, yeah, you beat Bama, but you you have the worst loss. It's really not that bad of a loss with Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is ranked number twelve. But of these teams we're talking about, it's the worst loss. It is the worst loss of yeah. of the of the teams in question right here. 
Um, even if you want to throw Ohio State in the mix, that their loss is better than mm-hmm. the Texas loss to Oklahoma. Um, I thought for a split second they were going to go Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Georgia. And they were just going to put Texas at five, Bama at six, and say, Texas, Bama, you guys have just looked too inconsistent throughout this year. Texas, you beat Bama. Bama, you, I know you have this awesome win, but you also have a loss to a team that has the worst loss. Like So, yeah. I don't know. I ultimately figured they were probably going to do what they were going to do what they ended up doing with yeah but but i really didn't think long and hard about the implications of that i i I really on sunday morning started to turn into a florida state defender and i am very much on that train right now um i i i understand the decision i don't like it um that's where i'm at right now well and while you're talking about Texas, I'm going to take this moment as well to, to to throw in my two cents. I don't know that coming into this, we had to act as though Texas was such a shoe in with yeah. the Big 12 championship title. I, I understand they beat Bama, and that's an amazing win. But like you mentioned, the loss to Oklahoma is still there, and it it it's the worst loss of these teams that we're talking about. I mean, well, Florida State lost to nobody. Mm -hmm. Alabama, of course, lost to Texas, and Georgia lost to Alabama. And I know that the the quality wins sometimes are valued a little bit more than the losses. But we're just going to talk about, you know, oh, well, Florida State was undefeated. You know, they, they never lost to anybody. Well, like, Texas lost. And I know they beat Alabama. I totally get the head to head. And some of the controversy is going to go away when we go to 12 teams, but there will still be controversy for anybody who's sitting there towards the end of those teams that are still going to have to be selected. Uh, If you complain about not getting in and you're ranked number 13, you just need to get stoned. I I don't, I don't, I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but like, it'll probably still happen. Sure. There will still be some, some quarrels to be had. I think I, the gripe at five is a lot different than the gripe at 13. I agree 100%. Yeah. I do. Um, so that to say, you know, this isn't going to be as big of a question in years to come. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about teams that have blemishes and, and teams that you know, some have perfection or, or very much, uh, much better blemishes than others, I mean, Texas is a one-loss team. We just kind of forgot about that. Nobody was really talking about the fact that Texas is a one-loss team. Yeah, right. And who that loss is to. Um, so I don't know why we had to just so exempt Florida State. Now, we will talk about that. And yes, this team is different than the team that we saw most of the year. But with Texas, I, I wonder with this committee process, like, are we just going to continue to value wins back in September the way we value wins in November? I, I think we should. But, I mean, think about playing Alabama back then when they played Texas. Mm-hmm. That is not the same team that showed up and played Georgia this past weekend. How do you know that? Because we just the saw I, that. Watched the game. Well, the eye test. Sure. But we also watched them struggle with a five-loss Auburn team a week ago who got thumped by New Mexico State the week before that. It's the Iron Bowl. Uh, and the sure. Difference, okay. And the difference between they also Alabama struggled with Arkansas and, and A&M. 
But the difference between Alabama and Texas in that scenario is that Texas lost in their rivalry game and Alabama didn't. Sure. I'm just I, I, I'm just saying valuing that win to the point where here we are, the college football playoff rankings are getting released on December 3rd. Texas 100% has to be above Alabama because they beat them so long ago. I'm just not so in on that. I I am. I think the issue is that the committee was so dead set on Alabama has to be in this thing because they're Alabama. I mean, Shannon Sharp has been quoted numerous times saying it's the Alabama Invitational. It's not the college football playoff. It's the Alabama Invitational. Why did we have to just bend over backwards so much to get both of those teams in? Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, um, I mean, I'm more sold on Alabama, but the, the the Texas one is the one that I think we're not talking about as much, and is kind of my pick of if somebody had to had to go or be, at least be looked at a little more closely, I think it would be Texas because I do get they beat Alabama, but all right, you beat them, but then you've slipped up now and you and you've got your loss. Like sure, head to head matters, but if resume does still matter to an extent, we have to consider these things collectively. We can't just say, "Oh, well head to head is here and because you beat them you're ahead, but you also have a loss and the, like we're just going to totally exclude those things." I think you have to look at the team as a whole and yes, head to head matters and it's in there, but the fact that you still took an L should be considered. Like, if head-to-head matters to where we're going to put you above or below them, why does the loss now exclude, or why is it excluding that conversation, I guess, was my thinking with Texas. Yeah, I don't know, man. If they would have took Alabama and not Texas, I would have never I Like, I, I would be done with college football. I would just be like, why are we even, why do we schedule these games at all if, if we're going to do that? Well, I mean, that's what Florida State's saying, but, like, for yeah. me, honestly, like, 100%, if this had come out and been Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Florida State, or Florida State, Alabama, I'd been fine with that. Ooh, I might even be more upset about that. I, I don't know. I would have rather had Georgia than Alabama. And I know Alabama just beat Georgia, but... I would have rather had Georgia as well. I'm just but, giving you uh, objective fan. My team stinks. We're playing in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, like we're, no. we're not involved. I'm I, just, it, that's just my. It, this is my my thinking of. I don't know why Texas had to be such a shoe in. That that's all I'm. Saying. I don't know why Alabama had to be. I. Well, like, because their one loss was to Texas. Ten they points to Texas. Home. Ten point loss at home. Ten yeah. point loss at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Struggled 100%. four other times against inferior teams throughout the year. We got to look at all 12, 13 games collectively. We can't Okay, just but say, now if we're just talking about how you struggled against teams, then what are we doing with Washington? Like why are they not 3 or 4? Well, they're also undefeated. They're not in question. Well, yeah, but in the games that you're talking about where Bama struggled, they still won. Yes, but they also have a loss. Like yeah. This is when you have the losses, that's when you need to go inception level and dream level to compare even more, and that's where yes, mm-hmm. If you struggle with teams, but you still never lost to a team, I think that boosts you more so. Texas, Alabama has struggled, Texas has struggled, and they both have a loss. Mm-hmm. So 
And Georgia's got the best loss because it was matter. by three points on a neutral site. It's just the timing of it. Yeah. But I, I would say if you look at all 13 games collectively between Georgia and Alabama, and I know this is weird to say, I would honestly rather have Georgia because Texas is the barrier in between that I think should have just taken both of Texas and Alabama out. We can come back to UGA in a minute, but I, I think we we were starting a little bit with with Florida State. Um, mm -hmm. Excluding Texas was my was my rational brain for for getting Florida State in, so that that's my fault for I'm, for I'm getting. I'm fine with that. that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's just if you if Texas is if you got to take Texas out, then you got to take Alabama out too. Sure, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I guess I wish that there had been more made of their loss, but there wasn't. Um, I think so. I think so too. I agree. But. Is what it is. So there we go. We agree. Um, <laughs> but Florida State. <laughs> let, let, let's let's come back to it with Florida State. Okay. Um, yeah, here we are. This is tough. There's there's no way to get around it. Um, Florida State has every right as a program and a fan base to be livid, uh, disappointed, frustrated, just absolutely beyond themselves and. And, and they have that right. Um, they didn't lose a game. And it's like Nor Mike Norvell said, like, why, why do we play the games? I agree with him. I mean, here we are. If, if, you, if you're wanting to play these and that be the determining factor of where you rank, and if you make it in, you say, hey, well, you have to win all your games. It's like, okay, done. And it's like, um... Well, maybe you don't have to just win your games. Yeah. And then... You apparently have to beat the team you're playing 59 to nothing. That's what everybody was throwing out there. I mean... Sure. I don't know. So my, my thoughts on this, Dan, and I don't know, this will this will come across maybe insensitive to, to some folks. I think both things can be true. Yeah. To say that Florida State has every right to be upset and it feel wrong that they were left out, but that it can also be true that the rankings are more than likely correct the way that they were made. I, I think both things can, can still be intention, but yet be correct at the same time. They, they have every right to be upset, but let's be real and let's look at it. Put Florida State up against any one of these teams without Jordan Travis, mm -hmm. now down to their third-string quarterback, with the way they played against Louisville. And I, I totally get it. You have to beat them by 59 points. I mean, it would have said a lot if they did, not saying that that should be the game within the game. But what happens right now if Florida State plays any of these teams in the top four? We think, and I want to underline that numerous times, we think that they would probably get beat by 20. Like, we think that. But we also thought, according to Vegas, that Oregon was going to beat Washington by 10 four nights ago. We also thought that Georgia was going to beat Alabama. We, we don't know anything. That's why we play the games. So I have a serious problem. I think it's antithetical to sport that if you win all your games, in what other sport do you win all your games and you can't compete for a championship? And I've had a problem with this in the past of group of five teams and I haven't been as 
grandstanding about it because we do treat the group of five like it is almost like a different sport. But there are years where teams will go undefeated and it's like, well, and I hate to be I, I'm not trying to defend UCF. They've you know, they they've made their they've made their bed now they gotta sleep in it. Um with how they've handled that year. But that year that they went undefeated, I was like, you know what? Like we think they would probably get beat by some of these teams in the playoff, but what maybe not. Maybe not. We thought they were gonna get beat by Auburn in the Peach Bowl that year, and they didn't. They won that game. We think Florida State would get killed, but we don't know for sure. That's why I'd, I don't like this committee treating this almost like it's figure skating, where we just say, well, we think Alabama is probably going to have a much better shot. We think Texas is going to have a much better shot. We, okay, we thought that last year with TCU. And they won a playoff game. Like, they beat a team. I, I didn't think I was going to be having this much of an issue with this until it uh, like they showed the graphic and it was there. And I just sat there like a 13 and 0 team is not, is has no shot for a championship. I, I just, first time. first time an undefeated power five champ has been left out. I know I, something about it is just not sitting well with me. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. There is, there's a lot of folks that are that are also fired up and and saying that uh this was wrong mm-hmm. and that's the difficult nature of this discussion that we even said last week is come these rankings some people are going to be happy and some people are going to be very upset yep and so whereas in the previous years, that fourth spot or that last team to get in has just kind of been like, we'll pick the less, lesser of the evils to yeah. put them in because you got to put somebody in for four. This was just like the lesser of the evils on like, who are you going to put out? Mm-hmm. And um, you could imagine what the response would be if if Alabama was sitting there at five and Florida State was not. Win all your games. Sure. Win all your games. You lost sure. a game. Well, Dion, Dion, Florida State alum himself. Uh, he, no, not Florida State alum. Uh, yeah, go to Florida State. He went to, did not graduate from, and no longer. Okay, claims, I'm sorry, not not yeah. a Florida State alum. These are his words. These are his words. He does not oh. claim Florida State anymore. Oh, yeah. He's well, he's he's kind of a hater. Well, okay, never mind then. Doesn't <laughs> hold as much weight. Um, I did see that. I did see that. You quote. did see that, though. Yeah. yeah. If, if Georgia Bama ain't in it, it ain't a playoff. Uh, they, the <laughs> two teams with losses. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I embrace that opinion. I'm not yeah. going to argue on Dion's behalf. But <laughs> he's just trying to. He's just trying to stay in the news. He is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it works. It works for him. Yeah. But the SEC champ is is hard to say no to. Um, sure. I agree all those that. years that Clemson. No, and I'm not firing shots at your guys, but <coughs> I myself have been one to say, hey, well, you know, Florida State had a 55, 55th ranked strength of schedule. Alabama had fifth ranked strength of schedule. But they also have the number three the strength past. of record, which is like the computer model of what we think the best teams are. They're number three in strength of record, but we're going to put them out. I just feel like throwing that out there. I yeah. Just, 
Well, and but but that's the thing is if we get super super objective and we try and take all the emotion out of it, without Jordan Travis, the team is different. In a, in theory, in theory they're different, but then practically we see on the field that the offense is operating differently without Jordan mm-hmm. Travis, and that is ultimately the reason. Like it, it comes down to Jordan Travis's injury. I understand that, but I come down to the way they're winning all their games, but the way they're winning their games is not appealing enough because they're not scoring enough points. That defense is as dominant as any defense in the country. Yeah, they can play with agree. Any, they can play with anybody. They got skill players like Keon Coleman and Trey Benson and Johnny Wilson who are going to play in the NFL. Like this is still a very good football team. It's just the way that they won their last couple games is not pretty enough for the committee. I don't, maybe that comes into play if the way you're winning games isn't enough if you already have a loss. I understand that, but we're talking about an undefeated team in a Power 5 conference with some good wins. I mean, no, I, I, I'm i there with you, but again, I, I'm a little of the theory here that it, it it feels wrong for Florida State, but it still feels right for what the playoff is is going to be. I don't. I'm not there. It's it's attention. It's attention. I mean that, and that's like with Alabama being in four best or four most deserving. It's it's not most deserving. We know that. Okay, here we go. This is what this is. Here we go. Do you really think that this four is the four best? No. Yeah. So why didn't we do that? We we kind of landed somewhere in the middle. Because even though the precedent and the standard seems to change every year with mm-hmm. the committee, it, it, one year they say this matters, and the next year they say this matters, and then the next, and then the next, and so on and so forth. Who, who do you who do you think the best four teams are? I think it's Georgia, Michigan, um, Ohio State, and Alabama. Yeah, see, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. What happens, though, if you release that as your college football playoff? I would have liked that better. I would take that over what we have. But that that's the struggle and the tension, right? Is like your the rankings in that effect would have been Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. So you would have taken Ohio State. I would from still have Georgia and projected one. them to four. I think Georgia should be number one. I think Georgia would still be favored against anybody because we think they're the best. We think we can't go off what we think. That's not how sports work. So you you think it should be most deserving? You know, yes. bar none. I think it should be most deserving. I don't agree with the whole four best premise because then we're then we're 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 synchronized swimming like. We're not football. We play it on the field. If you lose games, you run the risk of not getting to compete for a championship. That's the deal. That's a good point. Is it's not totally one way or the other? It, yeah. It's a bit of a blend? It's that's a, a where, mixture? That's where my frustration really comes in. Is like We say, is it best or deserving? And we say we're doing the best, but we're kind of just somewhere in this weird middle. It's it's we we It was such a recency bias thing to say... Alabama is definitely one of the four best teams on Saturday. If you said that on Friday, you would have been like, they just struggle with Auburn. Like, sure. It's, it would be interesting to see what happened if 
J.J. McCarthy got hurt or Michael Penix Jr. got hurt. And I'm not yeah. saying they should. The, the injuries are terrible. Like, what happened to Jordan Travis is awful. Mm-hmm. But it is, is interesting, maybe, where does that affect their standings? And, of course, strength of schedule and those things favor Michigan, favor Washington. That's why Florida State was already so low. But it's not like they didn't prepare us for this. They just kept kind of pushing Florida State down, and it just took one – it took one win. That that's what did them in. Those lousy wins, a yeah, ten point win yeah. rally after a devastating injury to your captain, and rally to win a couple of football games against oh against one that was ranked number fourteen by this very committee. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess then you get back in the quality wins and losses. Like, well, <clears throat> Alabama has the best win. Florida State has some good wins. Alabama has the best win. I don't know, man. You could split hairs on this thing. Well, they have a common opponent, and Florida State uh, won that game over LSU by more points than Alabama won that game. Yeah, I mean that's that's correct. It's it was a week one game, but sure, we we played it. We did play it. We played it. We're we're taking 13 games here. Common opponents, yeah. We're not taking the past two or three just because they happened recently. Sure. I, I'm if that's the case, we should just kick off in November. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it at all. And I know yeah. I'm the ACC guy, but I hate Florida State. I hate this school. <laughs> This is very difficult for you. This is very difficult for me. That's why I didn't want to accept it until it happened. But when it happened, I was like, what? Yeah. I feel like I'd been lied to. I feel like I've been lied to. Sure. <clears throat> well, if if it helps, I, I am not sharing in the same struggles as the Florida State fans, but I'm still pretty pretty down in the dumps with, with the other dogs here. Um, y- you know what stinks, Dan? And then I'll shut up about Georgia. There were there were several teams playing this weekend mm-hmm. that that are ranked teams. The drop in the rankings, which I get it, they're they're setting the playoff rankings, but it, it, it's just kind of abnormal. The differences here, okay? Oklahoma State lost, they dropped two spots. Yeah, Iowa lost, they dropped one spot. Yeah, Louisville lost, they dropped one spot. Yeah, Oregon lost, they dropped three spots. Those losses, can, as we're going through them, number seven, number two, number four, number three. Georgia comes out perfect, undefeated, loses number eight in their championship game by three points. On and a they neutral drop five field. spots. On a neutral field. On a neutral field. That's I'm kind of stumping for your dogs a little. I don't think they should just be out. Uh, five spots is just so many. I what? get what they're doing, but if you're saying they were objectively the number one team, yes, five spots is so many. And you're saying they're the number one team because of how well they've done over a 12-game stretch, and then it felt like they only got judged because of one game. Yeah, yeah, and this is where I can empathize with Florida State fans here some. It's like, well, I guess the other 12 games were not were not considered. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. Those major wins, big time wins against Kentucky and against Ole Miss, which wiped the floor with them. Um, 
the fact that they did rattle off what, I mean, I think it was four ranked wins there towards the end of the year. And then all of a sudden it, it doesn't matter. And it just didn't matter. You can't factor in the rest of the context. Of course, this is one season. But one, uh, just like Florida State was the first Power Five conference champ undefeated to be left out, Georgia was the first team that was ranked number one coming into these penultimate rankings to be left out. Right. Which which does stink. And as I said, you can't take all the context, but I mean, 29 straight wins. 29. Two national championships. You're perfect for 29 games. You don't lose. You win two national championships. And then just like you mentioned, you lose in your conference championship on a neutral field. Your, your first win out of the in, in your 30th game, you lose it by three points to Nick Saban. And, and again, your last game here. And then now, whoops, sorry, you don't get to play. Like, that just stinks. I know no. that they can't consider that whole body of work. But but that's the part of me that hurt the most, I think, out of all this was the loss of the three-peat. You know, like that potential is not there, and the chances of that happening again are very, very small. And it's yeah. just like, I, I get it, but gosh, you know. It, it, win the game. That's the simple answer. Win the game. Mm-hmm. But it still sucks um, because yeah. of what could have been. And I wish uh, I wish Alabama would have gotten that treatment. Yeah. I wish Alabama, I know it happened a long time ago, but they should have won the game against Texas. Yeah. But it's like that mistake doesn't matter as much just because it happened on a different date. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not with that. Yeah. Next year, you know. This is, this is to kind of just button cap this whole thing. This is an imperfect system and it's been hiding behind the fact that there hasn't been this level of parity in college football in the past eight years or so. Yeah. This is the first time we felt the full wrath of, we have five power conferences, but we have a playoff that has four spots. That is stupid. Yeah. That makes no sense whatsoever. And this is the first time we've gotten burned by it. The Boo Corrigan should have come on yesterday and just said like, this sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I wish he would have. It just been like, all right, six teams. Sorry, six teams. We're doing it. I'd have been fine with that. That's for they sure. could have. They could have even given. They could have told Texas and Alabama, like, look, this sucks that you have to go play an extra game, but we'll give it to you at home. You can have a home game. Yeah, let it be. I think they would have signed up for that. It's the absurdity of this, you know. I mean. I think Georgia's probably favored against most of these teams. All of them. All of them. So, Even against Alabama, again, yeah. they probably would be favored. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's where we are. Next year will be different. Uh, thank goodness we are so. iterating towards excellence <coughs> when it comes to the playoff, hopefully. Um, next year's going to be wild, realignment and everything. So enjoy <laughs> this madness because it won't be here for long, I guess. Um, yeah. So now we we have our matchups, though, Dan. It's going to be number one, Michigan, number four, Alabama, number two, Washington, number three, Texas. As we mentioned, Michigan seemed less than excited to be playing Alabama in this game. Yeah, they're game. scared. They're scared. Yeah, not a good look. We didn't even get into look. the whole fact that the number one seed is going through a cheating scandal. Right oh, now. dude. All right, so listen, I'm sorry, everybody. We're doing a really good job working on time this week, but you just said it. 
like nobody talked num- about Michigan being left. The out. number one team is being actively investigated by the NCAA for a sign stealing scandal. And like in a year where this matters so much and so many teams deserve to be in and it's such a competitive field. These guys are just happily sitting at the top like, oh, whatever, you know, happy that's to be proof. here. That's proof. I told you this when we were talking beforehand, but that's proof that this is just like a lost year in college football. This is, I would say, unless Washington wins it all, like Washington could save us. That would be cool. But this is a lost year in college football. So weird, man. Well, you, I, and Eli Drinkwitz are all all coming out against Michigan. Um, (laughs) He's just really got something against him after his Connor Stallions joke yesterday. That was something. That was something. I really I don't hope. know what they did to him. I don't know what Michigan did to Eli, but he's really not about it. He is not about it. Um, I don't think he likes sharing a block M with Michigan athletics. Um, that could be it. I think that could be it. I hope that a. I hope that this is the you, you've seen the the Dark Knight Rises, when when Bane blows up Heinz Field, formerly mm-hmm. Heinz Field. I hope that happens in this game. I just. <laughs> I hate, I hate both of these teams. <laughs> one's cheating. One shouldn't be here. As I think Bama will probably win because Michigan has not seen the style of offense that Bama has, and it's going to cause them a lot of problems. And Michigan, I would say Michigan's defense and Georgia's defense are probably pretty comparable. Um, and if Michigan, if Alabama is going to play as physical up front defensively, they might have a good shot at shutting down that run game a little. I think Bama is probably my pick at the moment to win this game. That could change a lot. Um, I, I just, yeah, I hope it just gets yeah. blown up. I don't know. Yeah, it, it will be frustrating for, for many folks, um, myself included. But I, I tend to think that Georgia runs the ball pretty well. I think you could put them in Michigan in a similar category. Of course, we don't have a Donovan Edwards. I get that. But Alabama really, really stuffed the run game against mm-hmm. us uh, this this past weekend. And so if they can do something similar to Michigan and that offense just, you know, is efficient, makes the plays they need to, um, Jalen Milrow can escape some of that pressure from Michigan, they'll probably do okay. So, yeah, I think I like Bama in this game right now. This one's going to be pretty cool to watch, Washington and Texas. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, Washington's played so many close games. This will probably be a close game. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy good wide receivers, this is going to be a game that you will enjoy, and, and good running backs as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Th- this one's going to be fun. I, I, I think I like Washington's ability to win. Just because we we've talked about it, I had them all out last week. Thought this was a done deal. Oregon had the game won, and that was not the case. They, they took care of business, and it may not look pretty. It may be close. They may even have to come back and win. And I don't know what the heck's going to happen. But just because Washington continues to find ways to win football games, I think I like Washington in this one. I like Washington too because I think the biggest mismatch is. Washington's receivers against Texas's secondary. And I, I think that's yeah. going to get exploited. The, Washington may really struggle to run the ball with what that front can do from Texas. But, I mean, you just said it. 
they just they've just won so much. That W stands for win. <laughs> like oh, they just know is. how to win games. And Texas looks really good right now. I'd be interested to see what they look like a month from now. And I feel like we know what we have with Washington more so. They gonna they gonna find a way to win the game. I, I like Washington. Nice. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But if that goes on, then we'd have a Bama Washington national championship. Could you imagine? We we were we were talking about the potential of the SEC getting left out of the playoff not too long ago. If Texas and Bama win, we're getting the mm. SEC brand and the SEC newcomer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just uh <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Um, regardless of who you think should or shouldn't be in, I think we all can at least agree that we're not going to miss the fourteen playoff. It nope. should disappear. Um, it is something that that should disappear. And so, what are some other things, Dan, that should just disappear next year? I guess this is like pseudo garbage time. Like we're taking out the trash. We're trying to get rid of stuff we don't need anymore. Yeah, um, spring, well, not spring cleaning, but yeah, we're, we're throwing some things out. Yeah. This one might be controversial. Oh, let it, let it fly. It's a, it's a big thing right now. Um, I am done with Bucky's. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I you am, really went for it. I am done with Bucky's. I hate it. I don't understand it. Well, that's the problem. You don't understand it. There you go. Uh, okay, explain Bucky's to me then. <laughs> explain it to me. So it's not, I mean, it's not a gas station. No, it's not. And it's not a restaurant. No. And it's not a store. Mm -hmm. It's an experience. The experience sucks. <laughs> What's the experience what sucks, sucks about the experience? I was on, I, I've had this happen too many times, too many times on some road trips. Me and, me and the future wife, or, or we love a good road trip, like a day trip hiking, things like that. Every time we stop at a Bucky's, there are way too many people there right away. It is impossible to find parking. You go inside. There's too many people in there. You have to like elbow people to get inside of this place. And there's just people running frantically trying to get beaver nuggets and consignment signs and t-shirts and brisket and all this stuff. And there's kids just running wild like it's a McDonald's play place. And they even have a mascot. Yeah, there's, dude. There's a mascot that takes pictures with the children. I'm trying to get Sour Patch Kids a bottle of water, pee, and leave. I'm, I, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then when you come out, first of all, you have to circle the parking lot 20 times to get a gas pump. And then it takes 45 minutes to an hour to get out of that parking lot because traffic stinks. They need traffic lights in Bucky's parking lots. It's it's gotten <laughs> to that point. Like there's just blockages that happen out of nowhere cuz everyone's trying to come in and go and get across and it's insanity. I would rather just go to a quick trip. I I don't I don't vibe with Bucky's. I'm I'm ready for it to go. And this has come up from bad experiences I've had plus I've been driving around and seeing like Christmas inflatables. And there's yeah, like dude. 
Bucky Beaver inflatables that have nothing to do with Christmas just sitting in people's yards. And I want to just go take a pen needle and burst all of those. I'm done with Bucky's. I want it gone in 2024. But, I mean, beaver nuggets, am I right? They're not that good. Oh. I don't understand it. The brisket's not bad. The brisket's not bad. The brisket's good, man. Brisket is good. Beaver nuggets are good and the brisket's good. Beaver nuggets are not good. I mean, I'm, I, I, they may not be your favorite thing, but but they're not bad. Like, they're good. Mm, no, I don't like them. Uh, you're just being bitter now. No, I'm not. You're letting not. emotion cloud your judgment. I've been bitter enough tonight. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like being bitter. bitter. I'm Dan. just being objective. Objective. Uh, something the uh, college football playoff committee should learn how to be. I'm just. I just don't like them. I mean, I think they're pretty good, but it's okay. All right. You must hate holiday popcorn then. I don't like it. Okay. Well, then there you go. Now you're you're not the right target audience. For I, guess so. I guess so. I guess that's just what it is. The poor beaver. Oh man, um, this didn't have beaver. to be sports related. <laughs> I'll fight that beaver. <laughs> it's, the, it's the next headline: Georgia man <laughs> fights Bucky the Beaver, <laughs> and uh, you'll be all over Instagram, my friend. This this is going to be sports related. It didn't have to be. Mine is going to be sports related. Um, mine's going to be Nick Saban's career. I want it to disappear. <laughs> In 2024. Needs to be over. Let the man win this national championship because so many people, you know, it's like, well, do you go out on top or do you mess around and lose your legacy? Like, let him win this year. I know we're all going to hate it. We're just going to have to endure it, everybody. We're just going to have to buckle up, watch this thing happen, and let it be over. Let it end. Go out on a high note. Go be an excellent analyst somewhere and, and enjoy your days retired on Lake Burton. Like, leave us alone. Let us all have fun again. It, the, the time is up. I think he's just going to win forever. I think he is the devil. I mean, people do often play around with his last name. To yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he's just here to stay, and he's just if he can take this team to twelve and one and win the SEC, he's just going to win forever, dude. I think I think this is just how it is. Well, that's super encouraging for all of us, Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Just you know, the last time Alabama had more four or more losses was in two thousand and seven. Uh, that was his first year, wasn't it? Yes. There you have it. Episode sixteen of the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Um, tempers flaring a little high uh, for all of us around the country, just because this is uh, very emotional. The, these topics and we love our college football gosh darn it so we're we're passionate about it and we'll never apologize for that regardless of if any apologies should be made to florida state or any other team of the like um but thank you again for listening to lunch hour sports show make sure if you've not already follow us on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe uh, subscribe follow us on Instagram, Lunch Hour Sports, Facebook, like I said, the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Um, and we are gearing up for even more excitement. This is just half the fun getting here. And then we've got a lot more fun in the days ahead in college football. But hey, even college basketball, it's going strong right now. Man, everybody lost this past weekend. It felt like March and December. It was unbelievable. 
yeah, it's coming on strong. We're going to be really turning into some basketball heads soon. Exactly. Shohei could sign this week. Uh, Soto could sign. Soto could get traded. We had some moves made there. The the transfer portal, oh my gosh, we haven't even touched on that, and we don't have the time, but it's popping. Guys going that we're not even expected. Dylan Gabriel, Kyle McCord, um, holy cow. So DJ. still lots going on. Huh? DJ on the move again. Yeah, of course. Of course he is. Um, but hope hope he can find somewhere he'll feel comfortable this time left. So thank you again. I am your host, Jake, joined as always by our co-host, Dan. And until lunch next time, this has been Lunch Hour Sports Show. Thank you, guys.